I've probably never cried during 10 consecutive animated shorts before. This week, we the people. Stay tuned. Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a show about animation, storytelling, and being a good citizen. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And today we're talking about the new series of short films, music videos, short animated wondrosities, wonderful things. <laughs> Wondrosity? Wondro I don't oh. know what I'm saying. Okay, We the People on Netflix. That's what we're talking about. We the People on Netflix brought to us the world from creator Chris Nee and a whole host of other artists and musicians. Oh, and by the way, the Obamas produced. Oh, and the Obamas. <laughs> hey, to. I know. What a wonderful Obamas. thing to like be listing a bunch of talented people who worked on a project and go like, oh, and by the way, the Obamas. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they're not the headliners here? Like, no. No, they're not. They're important, but they're not the headliners. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would be the and credit. You know how the opening credits of things, it's like, here's the headliner. They would be, a spe they would be an and credit. That's fair. Because there's a certain point where there's lots of important people, but then they're so important, you put them at the end with an and. And the Obamas. Right. And Meryl Streep. Right. And, I don't know, some other people. With the talents of Alfred Molina. Starring right. Helen Mirren. <laughs> Featuring so, the debut of... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I could go on and on. We the people... <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about each of the 10 shorts and we'll try to name some actual names as we get to each one because it's too long of a list. You don't have to skip ahead in this podcast. We won't list everyone here. Uh, <laughs> but there are lots of people, uh, most of which uh, we know and like. And there are some people that I didn't know of and now I like. That's a good way of putting that, yes. I just thought this was such a great idea uh, for a thing to do um like i think that it's a natural fit for what netflix is doing uh we'll talk more about christine and where she's coming from in a bit i'm sure um and just for the current climate too it felt like a good thing i was like when this was announced it's like oh why didn't anyone think of this before <laughs> mm. like good on them i'm glad how would you describe it to to folks what what's your one sentence description of what we the people is uh toe tapping edutainment song and videos by household names to talk about the basics of civics in the united states Okay, that's why I always ask you to do it, because I wouldn't have done that well. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I was trying to think of like how to define the thing without including the definition in the definition, if that makes sense. I was like, it's one thing to say like it's like a a version of Schoolhouse Rock for the day, but that doesn't really tell you what it is if you don't know what Schoolhouse Rock is. That's true. I mean, I think I don't. I don't think there's anything since Schoolhouse Rock beyond. Uh, the Animaniacs songs mm. where there might be some, you know, uh, entertainment-based education thrown in. Um, the Animaniacs songs are the only thing that I can think of that that have that sort of, hey, we're educate. I'm sorry, I'll use a little bit of air quotes. We're educating you using song, but it's not, popular music and it's it's but it's still cartoon voices singing this is real people real artists singing with their their real voices and using their real genres and real expression to talk about civics yeah it's like if if in this triangle like schoolhouse rock is more education animaniacs is more entertainment than we the people's more um, emphasis on catchy, mm. if that makes sense. I think it, that feels like that's uh, more of the goal and the style they're going after. Like it's catchy, it's exciting, it's stylistic, it's interesting to watch, it's powerful, it's emotional, but it uh, is not going to be like as in depth and wordy as. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just a bill, which delivers a lot in a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more focused on um, feels like very basic concepts, and I and I don't mean that disparagingly. I think that I've seen some reviews that are like, "Oh, it's so basic." Like, I think it's easy to feel that we as <laughs> as brand name podcast people uh, that we're educated about the government and like also aware of how much we don't know about the government it's easy to forget that there are lots of people out there with netflix subscriptions who don't know anything about the u.s government or how it works for various reasons whether they don't live in the u.s (laughs) or not like this is netflix it's the global audience Mm -hmm. um so i think that these are very useful and powerful shorts for many people and I, for one, am not going to poo-poo on them for not being as detailed. Um, Like, there's levels. I feel like that's a silly criticism, too. Like, I I think one thing that we try to do here that maybe some other places, especially reviews, don't do so well is talking about the intention Mm -hmm. or, you know, what we perceive as the intention and whether it's if the final thing is successful in its original intention. And I don't think its intention is to be a replacement for a class or, you know, here, this is going to be the thing that teaches you. Um, And I think I'll I'll talk a little bit when we start talking about the shorts about what I think the intention is of, of what they're doing. But I think if you're looking at Schoolhouse Rock, which was from the, 70s, I watched it in the 80s, 
um, because I was not born in the 70s. Well, I was born in 1979, but like I wasn't alive watching Schoolhouse Rock um, until the 80s when I was old enough to watch things and understand them. Be that as it may. So <laughs> um, when I was watching Schoolhouse Rock, I would say that the it's a 70-30 split. 70% education, 30% musical entertainment. You know, and it feels very much like you're not going to jam out to schoolhouse rock music. I, th You know, people will remember it, but I don't think they're going to rock out to it. And I think We the People goes 70-30 the other way. 30% of education and 70% Rock and jams is that is that what I can say? <laughs> That's what the kids call it. Yes, is that what the kids are calling it? Great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I agree with that. I think that it's uh, it's meant to be inspiring and catchy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, what else to add? It. You're you're absolutely right. So I don't think today we can necessarily get into uh, spoilers. So I think you're safe. I don't know if you can spoil the U.S. government and how it works, at least in the context well, of like <laughs> okay. telling people what it does. <laughs> I had to, I thought about what I was saying in the order of those words. I heard it eventually. I'm glad you heard it. <laughs> so we're not gonna have a spoiler warning, but if you don't know. <laughs> how the U.S. government works, like, <laughs> go ahead and watch the shorts first and then come back to this podcast. Like, cool, that's fine. I think that's going to be a small slice of our audience, but we're here for you. There's no judgment. Absolutely. Uh, but Chris, I, I did want to know, like, beyond Schoolhouse Rock, like, uh, well, that, that's part of the question. So I want to learn about, like, your experience with civics growing up. Like, outside of the classroom, what extracurricular civics thing did you have? Was it just Schoolhouse Rock or was there like, did you have any engagement or education outside of class? That is a really good question. Uh, the answer is no, I had nothing. There was, there was zero understanding of anything uh, civics wise. I think to be perfectly frank, I did not know the term limits or the terms for Congress people until uh, We the People. It's like, oh, that's an interesting thing. Because it's not something, it's, it's one of those facts of, okay, maybe I need, maybe I heard it in high school government, but what was I doing in high school? You know, I was doing theater. I was reading stuff. I was watching a lot of cartoons, you know, but I wasn't really, no one was asking me to engage with anything. And when you're in high school, when you are learning these things, um, when you're like 14 to 18, it's, you really, uh, the sense is, you can't be involved until you're 18. So why, here are the facts. It's like, great, 
I'm not going to be using this for a <laughs> while. It's like getting getting a reading a book on driving when you're 11. It's like perfect. I'm not going to be getting in the driver's seat for a while. I don't understand how this is going to help me. But um, to answer your question, I, I didn't have any real conversations with parents or friends. Um, and I think there wasn't the ask to be involved as a young person. So it was Schoolhouse Rock and it was um, Animaniacs. I, I do distinctly remember a government class needing to sing um, the the president's song from Animaniacs so I could figure <laughs> out who was president in 1812. And thankfully that's a lyric. I mean, I couldn't name enough on my head now, but there was a war that year, I know that. Yeah, James Madison never had a son. Then he fought the War of 1812. There you go. And then I do know mm -hmm. that James Monroe's colossal nose was longer than Pinocchio's, which is slightly less helpful in a test But you setting. know that that person was a president at some point. Right. And he followed James Madison. So thank you, Animaniacs. Like I said, I think Animaniacs is probably like 90-10 <laughs> entertainment 10% education do you remember like what age you were when you had like the realization like oh I kind of like I get I get enough of this I get the basics I have a not a firm grasp but I have like a grasp of how <laughs> this all air quotes works it was probably junior year of high school okay my government class in junior year of high school I was like I get it enough um, like three branches of government. That's great. I understand. There's House of Representatives. They do something. Senate does something. Cool. You know, there's court. You know, I think we did some, like, fake jury stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, all mock trial. Those were what those called. Yeah. I don't think I really understood the Supreme Court until, like, college mm -hmm. I, I just feel like at the time and maybe it's an 80s and 90s thing you know, it's like you're not just why be engaged man just live your life I mean I I feel like I had I remember like being engaged about presidential elections mm -hmm. when I was when I, when I was a weird one, because uh, I think our longtime listeners know that we've established I'm, I grew up in a different decade than Chris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'm going to put it. Uh, so I remember like being aware of the president. I think that that's the easiest thing to be aware of when you're little. At least maybe people are more aware of other things now when they're little. But in the mm -hmm. 90s, it was that was what it was. Um but I'm, I'm of the unique, unique age and culture experience where the entirety of the Bush era <laughs> lined up with my four years of high school and four years of college. So I think that I have a very unique perspective on when you get engaged as a, as a youth. 
Um, mm. So that was that was interesting. Um, I guess I I felt engaged at that point almost like right away. Um, not that I was very educated to make good choice at the time, but I was more aware on wherever I was in the political spectrum at the time at the beginning. <laughs> Uh, but I don't think it was until college where I was studying abroad, um, and I, it was during the first Obama election and, uh, my flatmates would come up and like, who are you voting for? Hillary or Obama? I was like, no, that's not how it works. And I realized like, okay, I, I don't think that I understood this as well as I actually do. <laughs> like I get mm. this, I can explain it to Europeans who <laughs> don't know how the American system works. Um, I'm actually pretty decent at this. I get it. I didn't feel confident till then. Till then. Hmm. I, I feel like it's a lot different now being the father of, of a young child, hmm. um, who's turning nine in a few months, my God. Uh, but I, I know that it was, it's been a lot different and I think I don't know if it's the times or the age of us, but I, I know in my past, I can only remember going to vote with my parents when, you know, them when I was little, taking me to vote one time. I remember that distinctly because I desperately wanted to vote for Ronald Reagan. Um, like you did back then. Like, right. It's like I knew his name. Like, I would have voted for that guy. Um, I know who he is. He was in a movie with a monkey. And um, I like that that's, that's the reason that little Chris <laughs> wanted to vote for Reagan. It, hey, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I have, I have no other <laughs> way of describing that desperate want. But, but my son, um, his first political engagement was being at a protest while he was in utero. So like from that moment, and he's been to multiple protests ever since, you know, being born, like <laughs> my wife's like, okay, we're going to this protest, let's go. You know? <laughs> she would take him to the protests and like they would have their signs and their things. And She would, we, we always take him whenever we go vote. And we always, you know, take selfies when we have our I voted sticker and we would always talk to him about who's in charge you, you know who's running and who's the president um for the longest time when he was really little he <laughs> he thought the president's name was barack obama Aww. um <laughs> rochelle heard the it's like who is this he's like oh it's barack Barack Obama, like that's his name. But at least he was more educated about who the president was at the time than I ever was. That's fair. I don't think that I was aware of who the president was until I remember Bill Clinton's first election. So like, it's like during that election, I guess I didn't think that there was a current president in my brain. I don't know. It was a strange time. Did Jack watch We the People with you? He did not. Mm. He did not. Um, mostly because he's visiting his grandparents. Oh, I mean, that's a good reason. So <laughs> he's not here. 
Um, I look forward to showing it to him. Um, but I do know that even though, and this gets us back on the topic slightly, but <laughs> well, not that being civics and our understandings of, you know, our experience with the government isn't part of the topic, but um, I know that Chris Nee has usually her, her creations have gone younger, more like the Disney Junior, the younger audiences, um, like four through seven age group. Um, but I feel like We the People is aging up and is trying to hit people in that 12 to 17 or 12 to 16 age range of, of people. And I think it's listening to the vocabulary that's being used, the musical styles, the artists that they chose, um, both music and otherwise. Um, I think it's trying to hit older than Jack. Um, so I'm not sure he's their target and I'm sure he would enjoy the music, but I don't know how much he would get out of it, to be perfectly honest. He'd, I think he'd get more out of the images than out of the music and the lyrics. I mean, some of them are dense, <laughs> but they almost all have like a catchy hook or something. Yes. It's like the core thing you got to know. Lil <laughs> homie, you better pay your tax. <laughs> I say that, but I'm not making fun. Like that, I, I, that will legitimately be in my head every, every time I pay taxes for the rest of my life. Right. I agree. I will, I will think of, I will think of a cat. I will think of Corday and thank him. <laughs> so do you want to talk a little bit more about where this came from? I think that's worthwhile. Yeah. I, uh, I know, I think Christine said on Twitter at some point when this was first announced that this, um, I decided to turn helplessness into action is what she said. And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay someone took that feeling of helplessness from two to three years ago before the new feeling of helplessness, which is a whole different feeling of helplessness, but the previous feeling of helplessness and managed to like turn it into art and beauty and power. And I'm really thankful for that and envious of that because if, if I were half as good at Christie's turning helplessness into <laughs> art we probably have more than 30 listeners. Uh, <laughs> but I just thought that was such like a, a powerful moment, even without in the meta context of the show of just like someone successfully took that feeling and channeled it somewhere productive and beautiful. And I think you can't do that if you rely on your own self to do it. I, I think it shows in the people who are involved that only through collaboration can you really take that helplessness and turn it into something else. That's well I was just talking about that with somebody earlier today. You know, you it's there's this myth of I want to create something, I have to do it on my own. And it's only it only matters if I make make it myself. 
it's like I don't we're not built like that and it's not it's not like that it shouldn't be that myth of individuality yeah that's mm. I'm because I I was socialist light a year and a half ago now I'm like pure red-blooded socialist um <laughs> I definitely agree with that I I look back and like how I looked at writing and like being an artist for so long growing up until like the last year and a half. I'm like, well, American capitalism really destroyed that image and ruined a generation or five <laughs> of creators. Hemingway is the only way to be a writer. Like, no, <laughs> mm. I don't wish that on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isolation. It's not the, it's not the best. I think we all figured that out, you know? Yeah. Isolation isn't doesn't do it for you. Some people can create like that, but you know there are hundreds of names I could name of art that I would take, writing I would take over Hemingway's if I had a choice. <laughs> and he's not a bad writer per se, per se. But just so, so many people have done it better. <laughs> so let's should we go? piece by piece in the order that they are on Netflix? Because I think the order is really important. Ooh, I want to hear more about that. Yes, let's do it. Okay. So we're going to start with, there there are 10 episodes. They're all about four to five minutes a piece, the length of a song. Essentially music videos. But what what I do find interesting is each one of them has a narrative of sorts that it's trying to take you through. Um, and it usually has some sort of main character that it that you follow through with. I think there are a couple of exceptions, but they're very narrative-based in the imagery, even though the music itself may not be um, narrative. You know, here's a story of these people. Um, I think the visuals help to to get the point across using narrative and the experience of actual people. Um, And I think the first song, uh, Active Citizenship, I think this is the actual thesis statement for the entire series Hmm. and the whole impetus for the creation of the show. And it's... It's the idea of what does it mean to be an active citizen? What does that look like? And how, what does engaging with your government and engaging with um, your country look like? And um, it's different. And I, I love that it starts in this really colorless, monochromatic world and then we get this fall leaf this red leaf coming down uh, in front of a billboard for luxury apartments and you're like oh i've seen that billboard and (laughs) and then it comes down to this neighborhood that is either being gentrified or um you know just getting more and more run down getting forgotten and then somebody starts doing spray paint on the luxury apartments billboard and the beat starts with every spritz of the spritz, every spray of the spray, spray paint. And 
through the song, the song keeps asking, and I think it's a really big difference here, is it asks, can I make a difference? So it's constantly asking this question of, can I make a difference? And it's verses being an inspirational song that says, you can make a difference. Just do this, just do that. Here's the, here's the answer. Um, it's not about that. It's about the question to yourself of, can I make a difference when I, I don't even know what to do to cause a change? I don't know how to make the change happen, but can I, can I do it? Is there something big or small that I can do? And it just leads, leads us through, I think there are two real main characters in this. There's the person who is spray painting who gets um, arrested and goes to jail. And then uh, somebody who's walking down the street and just looking at her, their neighborhood and wants to make a change in their neighborhood. But I yeah. think the, the, that, that question of can I make a difference is the whole, um, is, is what the whole series is about, is the how can I person, <laughs> young person, um, make a change in my neighborhood or do something. Um, and it shows the passage of time because maybe you can't do it now. Maybe you can't make the change at this moment, but being engaged, you know, even at the level of your neighborhood is going to make a difference. I think that's a, another theme throughout this too, of like the, the time that it takes to make change, mm. which I think is really important to hit on, especially when you're talking about the U S government. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's no instant gratification with change mm. politically. Um, I will get to the other, there's a short later where, it like takes place over the course of years, I think mm -hmm. um, that that was really interesting. And that image has stayed in my head of like how long it takes from the cause of why those three characters start making changes in lives to like the end result of getting to where they are. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's important, especially if this is aimed at teenagers, like you can't vote now, but it, it takes time stay engaged. Right. Do something, educate yourself, stay, stay engaged, pay attention. I think that's the other thing is, you know, pay attention to what's going on around you. And when the time comes, make your voice heard in whatever way you can. Because there's, um, there's the voting, there's uh, protest, you know, it's just, here's, here are all the ways that you can make this happen. And it's the goal, I think, of the whole thing is just to, I think I said this on Twitter, like to get a jolt of inspiration, to like be inspired to be to action, whatever that action happens to be, however small that action is, like do something. Mm -hmm. Don't you are not helpless. Yeah. 
Oh, I think it's from In the Heights. I kept thinking it was from this, but I recently watched In the Heights. It was like, we are we are powerful, we are not powerless. And I'm like, was that In the Heights? Was that We the People? I just, I, <laughs> I feel think that like, was In the Heights, yes. But I keep, but it, it's, it's, I feel like it's very much the same thing. You know, it's like you have power right now mm-hmm. to do something, even though you may not know how. You do. Yeah, I think some of these shorts at surface level may appear like the the core of it is the factual information, but I think the core of it for some of these is not that part. It's like, what what do you want to remember from this thing? What do you want the audience to take away? And with the Bill of Rights, the second one, mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, Adam Lambert does go through like, in varying detail, the first 10 amendments. But I think the core of the song that I take away, and I think it wants young people to take away is like, there is a constitution. It wasn't perfect from the start. Mm -hmm. We amended it right away. And that keeps happening. And should keep happening. Yeah. I'm ready. Give me like, give me 10 more. At least. Yeah. I can't name them. I don't know. How, I, I don't know enough about the government to really name what those should be now. I'm not an elected official, but <laughs> voting sounds rights. like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, it's in the name voting rights. I mean, it should be in the. Yeah. The voting bill of rights. Uh, so, yeah, I think that it's easy to focus on, like, do you remember what the Eighth Amendment is leaving that song? But that's not the point. Mm hmm. Because I, it's not about listing them it's it's very much what how these rights are part of life yeah how you have to engage with the rights um and i i think that i mean part of it is it starts off with a book on a desk in a in a government class and then it's like Sure, we think about this as something that is that we learn about and we have to remember them and regurgitate them. And that's where they live. They live in our memory as a list of things. When really in actuality, it has repercussions. Um, and this is done really effectively later on, also in another uh, in another song, but this has ramifications for your life. This is how the first right, you know, the First Amendment gets in there. Uh, it creates chaos, but everyone gets to have their say. <laughs> I forget exactly what the lyric is, but... Um, oh, yeah, was that from the, the Lin-Manuel Miranda one? No, it was, um, it was from this one, from the Bill of Rights. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amendment number two. <laughs> yeah, and then... But it, it just talks a, a lot about uh, with uh, having, I think it was Amendment 3, where I was like, okay, this is starting to be the change, where it's somebody in a modern home and British soldiers outside, or like, you know, and it's like this, this amendment is about not allowing soldiers to use your house as a hotel. Like, that's what this one is about. And it's like, 
oh, well, that's just weird. And you see this juxtaposition of what, why that amendment was first written and hitting up with the modern world and how it is here. And I, I think it lays that seed a little bit talking about the second one, but it's, it's that juxtaposition of what you learned in the history book and how it actually applies now. Yeah. And if the theme of that song is like, we're constantly amending, there's a little bit of like that call to action of like, do you agree with these? Like, think about it. Active citizenship. Mm-hmm. Speaking of active citizenship and things being required, we get into taxes. I love taxes. You love that? The short. The short. Okay. Yeah. Well, I loved, I love taxes for what they do for the people around me and my neighborhood and the state I live in and my country. Yes. I, I do also love that. I'm very patriotic about that. And that's kind of the, the point of this song. Uh, and now mm-hmm. that I have the uh, right amount of deductions on my paycheck, I can love tax season even more next year instead of being surprised. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I need the song a year ago. Uh, no, this is a, I love this short. It's great. And I think if you're doing a civic short about taxes geared toward teenagers, like obviously the song is not about how to do your taxes. Right. Now you start with a 1040. <laughs> like, no. Uh, I think that it's about the point of taxes, which is great. That's a, such a mm. great way to come at this and talk about it, especially for teens. Um, and it talks about, like, yeah, like half of this goes to the military. But also, like, look at this other stuff. Like, stay engaged. You can vote to make changes to how this is proportioned. And I thought it was really personal and impactful to have... Corday singing about like I grew up on food stamps in section eight and like I'm thankful for taxes because of that. It's mm-hmm. like cool, we're not just academically saying what tax is for in the song. We're saying how this personally impacted the person singing about it. And now look at them. Yeah. Great idea. Love that. Yeah. That was a that was a really strong moment. When, to hear that lyric, I mean, it, it it's uh, it's also funny because you're watching a cat sing sing this and rap this, but I think having that still land it it allows it to have the weight that it needs to have. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, there's a reason everyone makes fun of taxes because like they're inherently like frustrating. Their universal experiences are kind of like absurd. So is it really more absurd to have a cat gathering a family together to rap about taxes and explain them? <laughs> I don't think that's any more absurd than like how the system works already. <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> I, I just enjoy that it's an entire world of cats. And one family of humans, apparently, like cats all throughout the government. And I'm like, is this because running the government is like herding cats? Is that like, is that what it, is that what this is about? Maybe. Could be. Maybe we just like cats. 
or they're government fat cats because they all seem pretty slim. Like none of them were like big and f- like. My my brain was just like, why cats? Why why is it cats? What metaphor? What symbology? That's what Andrew Lloyd Webber needed like thirty years ago. Those questions. So he could not. <laughs> yes, that sentence. So he could not. Uh, <laughs> just not. Or just embrace the absurdity of cats. I do. It is. I do enjoy that the the main lyric is you've got to pay your tax. La da da da. <laughs> like that's just in my head. It's like, look, you just got to do it. Like that's Little what it comes homie, down to. You got to pay your tax. La da da da. <laughs> it's great. I love it. And there's also I, like I, the, the, the through line of like the baby Googling at the beginning, do babies need to pay taxes? And like right. the end, like conclusion, babies don't need to pay taxes. <laughs> like, yes. But someday those taxes are going to benefit you when you're older. Mm-hmm. Someday you're going to have, someday at some point, you're going to be the recipient of the usefulness of taxes. I mean, heck, and, if you're a baby, you're benefiting from taxes all the time already. Right? You're being driven around on roads. You were probably born at a hospital, which was federally subsidized in some way. I mean, when when does this episode come out? Soon? After July 15th? Can, and like, Oh, this my, episode my, of our yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah, this podcast. My, I mean, my son's going to be benefiting from taxes come... You know, July fifteenth. So really? child, the child credit. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, are taxes due on the fifteenth this year? No. What? I don't know. I pay in like February. I do it right no, away. We we get our we, we get checks <laughs> if you have if you have the children's if you if you are a parent of tiny humans. See, I get, need a I need a we the people short about this. Like, I don't have tiny humans. I need to be educated about this part. You got a deduction, like I, that's that's not. Like, that, I think that ruins the the understanding. <laughs> like to get into like the weeds, like of, of things like that. That's fair. Speaking of getting into the weeds of things, um, the next short, the three branches of government. Yeah, I feel like this one was one of the more information-heavy ones. Um, like the, it probably moved to like 60-40. Mm-hmm. 60 entertainment, 40% trying to educate you on how things work. It definitely a lot of information, uh, but the cast of Hamilton already does a good job putting a lot of words in a short amount of time. <laughs> right. I, I like this one a lot. I thought it was fun. I thought they put fun personalities that translated well to animation to the characters of the three branches of the government. Mm-hmm. I I do want to see a Supreme Court that looks like that. Don't we all? This is the future liberals want. Right? I think it had six women. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I didn't count, but you know, that's because I didn't have to, because I just knew I could trust that this was a good Supreme court. That was well balanced. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I hope that's the president. Oh, it is the president. Mm-hmm. And I do like the lyric that rhymed that they have found a way to put in POTUS. <laughs> like I, I just, <laughs> it's like, thank you for just saying POTUS. I enjoyed the, is it a, a chorus, I guess, or a non-chorus? Like each branch would start singing and then the branch that checks and balances them would have like one lyric in the middle of the chorus. Like, I'll ch- ch- check you. Mm-hmm. So it's like a preview of what was next each time. It's like, yes, I'm super satisfied at the last one when it went back to the uh, congressional characters who sang that line. It's like, yeah, yes, it's a circle. It's a circle. I, I enjoy, this is another one that has that frame of here's a student on their, obviously trying to do homework. So they have their book open. They have a YouTube video open of the president <laughs> speaking and they're trying to figure out how does this work? And, it, and like all great education, their dream takes them, I assume they're asleep. I don't know. Uh, or unless the internet works differently soon. Um, the book comes alive. You know, you have the House of Representatives and the Senate come out. Lin-Manuel Miranda and David Diggs. And they're like rap battle against each other, talking about how they check each other and how they work. But then you have the POTUS come out and she talks about, yes, I said, she talks about um, how she checks them. And then the digital swirling, flying Supreme Court justices, we are the Supremes, come in. And it's all inside this computer world, digital, where you get sucked into, I guess, YouTube or (laughs) just the internet. and and experience these these near deities <laughs> in a sense, but yeah, the swirling Supreme Court justices. I always and it was a little strange to see um, the president like basically surfing on the back of one of them <laughs> at the end. I I don't think I'm the first person to make this comparison, but it was very much like in the vein of like those uh, epic rap battles of history. YouTube videos. Mm. It's like, oh, I, this could almost fit in with that, but this one's educational. Mm-hmm. But I learned more about it. Yeah. You know? Like each personality had to one-up the other in its greatness. Right. It's a nice arc to the song while still being a circle. And could we start calling Supreme Court justices just by the Supremes? The Supremes. Because that's what they said. We are the Supremes. And I was like, yeah, that's, let's, have, let's have them be called just the Supremes. I can get on board with that. <laughs> Is that an amendment we have to make or just a law? How does, <laughs> how does that happen? Well, speaking of amendments, the First Amendment. Oh, yes, the First Amendment. Well done. Nice Thank transition. you. Saw my opportunity. <laughs> The First Amendment is uh, the next short. And I know we already had a Bill of Rights one, but again, I think the purpose of that was more like amendments are good and things are imperfect. And this one is very much more like here is the First Amendment and 
Edu-spirational? Edu- edu I don't know. It's like mm-hmm. educational, but it's more inspiring about freedom of speech and freedom of the press. And it's right. like, to me, this feels like a, like a, almost like a touchy feely, like early seventies, like hippie rendition of like what this would be both video and music wise. Like it's very, like there's a wall and there's people trapped inside and there's the evil, shadow figures chasing them around and outside is a world of trees and flowers and guitars and none of that's a criticism i loved it like this is like the camp song that i grew up on like i'm 100 in brandy carlisle uh <laughs> <laughs> so i i like this one a lot um i think and it, i they did a good job covering in a narrative arc like the other parts of the first amendment that other people tend to mm, conveniently forget I mean, it does, I will give you that, it does feel much, much older. Um, I mean, even the style really hand-drawn, you almost see like the pencil strokes, you know, it's what it feels like. Um, And it's, it is this older idea of here's a dystopian world where the First Amendment doesn't exist. And see what it looks like in these big cartoon ogre, ogre ogre-like police force um running people out and then these inspirational figures just the one that got out the one who was able to express themselves and it's showing itself in flames she had flames like inspirational (laughs) waves of energy that passed on to other people um to show hey there's there's more you can express yourself you can be who you are and what I did appreciate was um, it's not about that person. I feel like if it were done in the 70s, the end would be the person taking their guitar and breaking down the wall by themselves with their guitar, you know, like bashing through it. And then you get the power of the person. But this is the group of people who have all woken up walking over to the wall, climbing and helping each other over, pulling each other down. And it's not the one person who saves people, it's the people save themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the difference between, that's how I know it's not from an earlier time period, <laughs> is because it, it actually shows a whole bunch of people working together. Yeah, less individualistic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Idealist, less of an idealist short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's our like hmm, pause of being halfway through. Hmm. Yeah, if, uh, that one. That one makes me. Uh, that one, I think is where it started again to be about not learning the thing, but learning the about the thing. (laughs) This is it. You're not going to learn the First Amendment. You're going to learn what it feels like 
the experience of the First Amendment, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. And, and then we get back to, in the next one, we get a little bit closer back to, um, here's a little bit more information about how something works. When yeah, some of the that. ones here at the end were a little more information dense with text on screen. Yes. As then federal versus state power, which is where it, it feels like a rap battle and the style feels like, it's like, I feel like I've watched this in the 90s on MTV. I feel like I've watched this one previously. I think it was just the style and the animation and the color and the lines. Um, and that's not a dig. It just feels like, it's like, oh, okay, this feels familiar to me. Um, but I feel like this song, there, there was a song going on about what the difference is between what the federal government can do versus what the state government can do. And you just heard the song going, and then you would see on text on the screen of, you know, the ability to do this, the ability to do that. And that's what they would have. It's like, oh, well, I'd be missing that if, if I weren't watching it. You know, it's not just in the music. Um, mm -hmm. And I think some of that I don't remember as well because it was text versus embedded in your brain with um, music. But that one, it, it, it's such a, I don't know, I don't want to say dense topic, but it's, it's not like a easy to get topic. It's definitely complicated and nearly 250 years of history have made it more complicated. <laughs> Than it needs to be. Uh, it was a bop. I like this song. I can't recall any lyrics right now, but I really enjoyed like watching it. I was entertained by the short. Mm -hmm. Kept rooting for federal and state to make out. Just felt like it was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, they, they walked off together. It is a relationship, you know? Yeah. They're together. I just wanted to like... <laughs> That symbolism on screen. Yeah. I mm -hmm. <laughs> Speaking uh, of sim symbolism. Immigration. Immigration. I've seen some hot takes in this one that I, I disagree with fundamentally. Um, really? I think this is great. I really enjoy this this bit. Um, I, I mean, also like spoilers for my own life. Uh, I have a personal connection to immigration because my husband is currently immigrating to the U.S. I mean, he's here. It's just like a six-year-long process between like the easy way of like we're getting married and like congrats, you're a citizen. Like it takes a long time. And uh, I would love to see a follow-up immigration short about, like, no, it takes forever. There is no like, instant gratification in immigration either. Um, it's a great song about I am American. It's catchy. Mm. It's fun. Um, the animation kind of goes, 
around the world and shows both a mix of uh, regular people and famous people you may not know immigrated to the U.S. And even like the ending uh, zoom out shows a whole bunch of people that were from the short earlier all wearing the same color of clothing now holding an American flag, except there are also native peoples there holding their flags. It's like that's such a great ending button touch of mm-hmm. like there isn't just one flag once you're here. Um, my only gripe is that out of all the countries they did, they didn't do Costa Rica, the one I'm most personally attached to. <laughs> I mean, they did they did so many, though. Yeah, you know, so I, I know. And Costa Rica wasn't one of them. Rude. I, I just appreciated this one in the fact that it starts off with a young girl to say, look, you were born here. Great. You're already an American citizen. Like, it starts there because the point it's not about people coming to the country. It's not, it's not making that comment. It's not just about people coming to the country. It's about the becoming of an American citizen. Like that's what immigration is. It's about being, becoming an American. And I think the fact that it's um, becoming American, becoming American citizen is a really important distinction, you know, like I'm an American versus I'm an American citizen. I'm making decisions. I'm going back to that thesis statement, you know, I'm going to be an active, um, active citizen in my country, which is now America, you know, mm-hmm. or the United States of America, uh, you know. And I think the, that lyric specificity of that's what this that's what immigration's about it's about becoming an american citizen um and it doesn't matter where you started from now you're a, a citizen um i just appreciated the passing the the flag between all the nations and you know the joyous dance party going on i mean everywhere from a world um, it was fun to be like, oh, I didn't realize that person was from there. Um, wondering who was going to, you know, who they were going to show as the famous person from where. I like the cameo appearance from Jorge Gutierrez. The <laughs> yeah, putting himself in. I was like, yes. Yeah. Good call. But like, it's I mean, a fact. It's a fact. Immigrant. Yeah. I enjoyed a lot. Um, I alluded to some of the hot takes I saw earlier. I think I saw, I read some reviews where they, they disliked stereotypes being used. I'm like, well, there's a difference between celebrating heritage and that's Jorge Gutierrez's like style of what he does for himself and like his Mexican American heritage of celebrating culture. And he applied that same philosophy to all the other countries that he showed. There's a difference between celebrating and doing a stereotype to make fun of disparage a place or a person. Right. It's like, I, I don't think it's done with malintent and I don't think that it's bad either that we had things that you could call stereotypical here because they weren't making fun of that person or that place. Right. It wasn't like us in last week's episode doing Italian accents when talking about Luca, like that was disparaging and making fun of Italians and Italian Americans. <laughs> and I'm still laughing about it, but that's bad. Uh, 
And this was celebratory. Mm -hmm. And it did feel celebratory. It felt like, it felt stylized. It didn't feel like stereotype. And I'm usually very uh, aware of stereotype. And I don't, I didn't get any of that from this. Exactly. Because it was, because also it's a song about immigration. It's a song about how different everyone is who is here now. There's not a monoculture. Mm. Like it would be way less interesting of song if I'm using air quotes, the stereotypes weren't here. <laughs> it's about how the U S is a tapestry. Like it's such a perfect fit. I, uh, I'm fired up. I'm on my soapbox. There are some bad takes about the short that I disagree with. They're wrong. <laughs> Insane tapestry. I love that they put them in the stars of the flag. Yeah. Like they're part of it. So much good in this short. It's a bop. It's catchy. It's fun. <laughs> it goes above and beyond what you'd expect in very interesting and smart ways. Hmm. Yeah. End of rant. I'll stop there. <laughs> well, here's another interestingly, um, what do I want to say? Expressed concept, uh, which is the courts. The next one where it talks about how the courts influence lives. Um, directed by Darren Nefsey, Star versus the Forces of Evil. One of my favorite shows. <laughs> I'm so glad I finally got to finish it during the pandemic. And I had the time to watch it all the way through. Ah, but it's, this is a really, to me, it's a really effective way of portraying, much like earlier we talked about the Bill of Rights being, here's, here's what it looks like in your life. I think this is, this goes even further. It's, here are small things that you don't think about that were influenced by the courts at some point. And I think it's things that we take for granted yeah. now that were, weren't always just okay. Um, it starts off small with um, a young woman getting up and brushing her teeth. And it pops up to say like, Here's a court case, and here's the decision of that court case based on your toothpaste. And it's like, oh, I had no idea that that was a thing. Like, yeah, something as small as that was decided <laughs> at the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And then she says goodbye to her parents, who is uh, a mixed-race um, couple. And, of course, here's the court case that allows that mixed-race couple to, to get married. And it's it's... Like, okay, I see how many things were like, oh, well, that's life. We see how many things were actual court decisions that the court had to say, including that animals can't copyright their images. <laughs> Which I thought was, it's like funny and entertaining and surprising all at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I think I have a vague recollection of that being a thing when it happened, but I was like, you know, that makes sense. That is a good thing for like teenagers to be aware of. <laughs> like your pet doesn't own your TikTok video that you make of it. Like, that's a fact. <laughs> so 
So I think this one, though, the, the song is so separate from the experience of the, um, with the visuals. I, I think, I don't want to say it could have been instrumental, but in some ways it, it could have been just instrumental just and almost have the same effect. Um, because the experience is watching at what each point in that your life in each point in your day, those things are going. I think it's a beautiful song on its own. I think the song stands on its own. Um, but I think the the visuals of it, this is one where it's not as joined together. Um, I think I disagree. You disagree. I love when we disagree. <laughs> I've only watched it once, so I need to watch it more times. But it felt like in the song, whenever they flashed the the texture court case on screen, had a pause. It was like at a moment in the song where there's also a moment to breathe. Mm. So like normally I have a really hard time focusing on visual and audio things at the same time when they're both spoken. I cannot, mm. I cannot write listening to this music with lyrics. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a little worried when the song started, like I'm going to have one of my issues. Um, but to me, it felt like there was a natural flow where they were about different things, but they were happening at different moments. So it allowed me to mm-hmm. kind of flow from one to the other and back and forth. That was my, my, my take anyway. I see. My experience. I see. I was thinking more lyric wise Mm. like the lyrics aren't about what uh, what the visuals were about directly so like the courts the courts decide things and these are the things the court decided and which would be a terrible song i'm glad they didn't you know do a song like that to explain the courts because again it's it's not learn about these cases, but learn that those decisions are not something that happens out there. It's something that affects life. Yeah, it's, they, I I will admit that it's a little weird when they got to like the McDonald's drive-through with the coffee, like are they gonna make fun of this thing? Because in reality, like that case is like very sad and like righteously justified and there was a, PR campaign by McDonald's to make it sound like a joke, but this is the thing that's printed in your coffee cup. Like, don't drink if hot, like it's too hot, like about the temperature coffee. And like, there's a reason that exists and they went to it. Like even the things you pick up and look at, the court decided that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't make fun of that, which is very thrilled about because it is a very serious matter. It's like, yeah, you don't think about this and it's easy to, feel disconnected from the Supreme Court, like they're disconnected from everyday life. But really the song is about how, yeah, it it does affect every moment. Mm-hmm. Speaking of being affected. Yeah. I, I feel like this next one, um, We the People, I feel like this is the one that finally broke me all the way apart. Like, I, I think I was just done i i had to pause after this one um i uh, it's janelle monet she's great i love her already 
Um, to me, this one's kind of like the the final chapter of this series. There's one more. I think it's kind of an epilogue. Mm. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, is the the closing through line of what you're talking about earlier. Like these are in order for a reason, and this is many of the same themes as uh, active citizenship, the first one, but it yeah. is expressed in a different way. And this one, I mean, it's the story of a flood that happens, tragedy, and how do you bounce back from tragedy and what action can you take um, to help your community, to help yourself, to have the help of your community, and to build back. And I feel like this is the one it feels very much like a work song of, look, this is, you're in a trying moment. You're in a trying time, but you have to get a little bit stronger and may, you may not see the end of it. And the moment, you know, it goes to the past and you see um, black people getting hit with fire hoses and then black people walking across the bridge know marching for voting rights it's like well that's timely (laughs) you know this this is this is hitting differently right now like you have to be stronger and and push and just keep moving forward and making that change and making that next decision and it's so much about resiliency but it does feel like work if it the song feels like mm-hmm. you're working. It, it feels hard. It feels rough. But at the same time, it feels like you're making progress. It feels like you're having to step. There's something about... Um, what? It's, it just feels like hard work. Like the, the, when it comes in, it just says, um, we the people we the people, and it has them singing that ah or that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it's, it feels like people doing like pulling ropes and, and walking and marching and climbing. It just feels like arduous. But The songwriting does a good job elevating too because each verse adds another layer to the music that's happening. Because mm. it does start off very quiet. That each time they get to the uh, get a little bit stronger, something new is added. So there's another instrument, or you get up to the uh huh uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a physical building of more and more people collaborating together in the song as it progresses to generating more work, making you feel mm-hmm. like there's work happening. Because mm-hmm. the first day is very like quiet and soft, and then when I realized what's happening, it's like oh, I'm gonna be bawling by the end of this. <laughs> Yeah, it it does. It puts those characters that lost their home, they lost everything, and then the moment you see, like, you finally they live in that moment, and then the character gets up and goes to school, you know, gets a diploma, and then wins in court, and you're like, there's time passing, mm-hmm. like it's not just I get up and I I win. It's like I'm gonna. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to be resilient. And I mean, that's just, 
for for any kid who's experiencing a rough moment or feeling like this is insurmountable what i'm so in the right last now. year of school yeah yeah it's like you're going to get through it you're going to you're going to move um and you're not going to have to do it on your own yeah i thought it was a nice story how their neighbors who stayed friends and kept working together but they all took a very different path from that Mm-hmm. inciting point. But it wasn't just about that individual accomplishment. It's about what they did for their community. Yeah. Or what they did for someone else. How they made that change. It, I, I think you said quite rightly, it, it is the, it's the bookend to uh, active citizenship. You know, I was like, this feels very familiar, but also has a different feel. I think active citizenship is dark and goes to light. And this one just starts again in the even further Hmm. down. And it just is, it just sets itself for that climb. And then Miracle of Morning um, from Amanda Gorman, I think... You're, you're right. It's, I was trying to figure out how this fits in, but it is, it's that epilogue. It's a statement for where we are right now. Yeah, now, now. Now, like now. When, it's that moment in Spaceballs. When is this happening? It's now. Now. It's now, now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, imagine Christine talking about that and pitching this part. It's now, now. It's now. Yeah, because animation takes a long time. And... How fortuitous that this has lasted so long <laughs> that it could still be now and still be relevant. Well, I mean, I, I think based on when they talked about starting it, if it was November 2018 when the idea kind of germinated, like there wasn't a pandemic going on then. And the Miracle of Morning is definitely about leaving the pandemic era. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, I feel like definitely started later than the other ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially because Amanda Gorman like just had her moment like six months ago. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't be surprised if this one came together in the last six months mm-hmm. um, as a things kind of came together. Uh, she's talented. This is a talented poem for this moment. It's a nice bookend into what's happening with the series. Um, I really like the ending that this is. And, and it does it does leave you with that moment of let's let's make a better tomorrow let's let's work for this world it could be look like this I'm thinking of it now as you're saying that it's it's making me realize like I like this epilogue much better than ending with just we the people because we the people is like a very big ending mm-hmm. it's powerful and uplifting and inspiring but the miracle morning is really Small things matter too. It's like, mm. we just showed you how big things matter, but just do the small thing now. Start now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. There's our other hmm of just like, oh, I'm remembering it and I'm being moved by it again. And I'm thinking through what, what that means as a final statement 
or hopefully not final statement, you know, the final statement of this first set of We the People. I hope there's more. I think I saw this one of the previews where Peter Ramsey said he wanted to direct something about like water management. It's like, yes, I would watch Peter Ramsey doing that short. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what other topics would you want? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think I mentioned going, sticking with the theme of what's what's the core thing we want the audience to take away and being inspiring rather than being like in the weeds educational. Um, I would like a follow-up to the immigration song, um, which I think is great and stands on its own, but also like the other idea of this isn't instantaneous, like... Dear people of the U.S., please stop saying that there's, quote, a right way and an instant way and it's magically done. Like, it is so much time and money. And that's the core that I want people to take away from that Um, rather than, like, here's how to file the form and how to find a lawyer and the 15 times you have to go talk to ICS. Uh, (laughs) But, like, the core of this is it takes work and takes a while. Mm. Um, I'd love things about like everyday stuff that impacts you. You don't think about like water management. I mean, here we're entering another drought in California. So uh, I've, I've learned a lot about water management since moving from Columbus to California um, where water is not as plentiful mm-hmm. despite the ocean. Uh, and it's big and impactful and uh, things might get scary in a decade or two. Uh, I think I'd like some stuff about some of the other impactful amendments we don't think about as much. Mm-hmm. Maybe do one about voting in general and the theme of amendments there. Mm-hmm. How about you find wish list items? I mean, to go along with that, I would love to see... I mean, the experience of how close our history actually is. Yeah. You know, I like how young the U.S. is and how I think that's something that my brain as a in high school, that's one thing that always got me was like, wait a minute, like ancient Greeks was how long? Like all, all these things that were ancient and lived a long time, but our country is not that old. And the things that were going on are not that long ago. I think it's especially confusing for West Coasters because you have to keep in mind, like, not every part of the country is the same age. I joke with people Mm. that I know that are from California, grown up in California, lived their whole life in California a lot. I joke a lot about how my first apartment in Columbus is much older than the state of California. (laughs) That's interesting. So, like, statehood would be a really cool idea yeah. to uh, to understand. Hopefully, that'll be or something about soon. Or like, um, city government. Like, what is that? You know, city councils and all all of that. Like, what does that yeah. even look like? Yeah, yeah. That's a tangled mess. <laughs> (laughs) 
So if you're still with us listening um, and you haven't watched it, I don't, I don't know why you haven't watched We The People yet. Go watch it. 50 minutes worth of inspiring animated shorts that will make you feel like you can do more in your life. And that will have an effect on other people's lives. The entirety lives. of it is shorter than the podcast you've just listened to. And I don't mean this is disparaging to us, but your time would have been better spent watching these if you haven't already. So thank you for listening. Go watch it. <laughs> so thank you, Christney. Thank you um, to the Obamas as well. Thank you to all the creators and musicians and directors and artists, all the artists who more than likely worked from home uh, to create this um, and bring it to us. We yeah. look forward to more. Thank you. Uh, Kenny Barris, I think, was the other main person producing behind it getting everybody in there. Uh, Chris, did you have a favorite thing before we close out? I think that my favorite thing is just the thing that hit me the most is the ahs and we the people. I just, every time I got that, like I still hear it right now and it's just like doing everything in, in me to not just get weighted down crying and like not, not in a bad way, but like, like, I don't know if I've fully processed the pain of the moment. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, it makes me want to just, like, I, I think the song is about conf- not just confronting it, but, like, living with it, experiencing it, feeling it, and then taking that step. And until you've dealt with what what that emotion is i don't know if you can take that step to become stronger like living in that grief living in that moment is gonna is gonna be part of what makes you stronger not pretending that it's not there i am excited for the uh ptsd group therapy that the entire country will attend on wednesday nights at 7 30 p.m for the next year or two to process and understand everything what about you? I, did, did you have a favorite thing that wasn't as, as heavy? Uh, I'm just going to go with little homie, you better pay your tax. Uh, love it. It's it's still in my head. There's lots of things that I love and appreciate. Um, it's hard for me to pick a favorite thing, but that's the one that is uh, living rent-free in my head, as the children say. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, should we talk homework time? <laughs> Let's. Or next time, everybody, get up. It's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam, a new legacy. Watch Space Jam, a new legacy in theaters or HBO Max. (laughs) That's what we'll talk about next time. As always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Cotino, and to Jacob Reed and the Champagne Drops for our theme music. You can find us on the web, on Twitter, at WG Animated. Let us know what your favorite short from We The People was. Um, you can find our show notes on writersgetanimated.podbean.com. 
leave a review on iTunes or, I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, especially this one. It helps other people find, find us and learn about things that they want to watch. And also register to vote. It's never too early to start. If you haven't, do it now before there's a line. Register and then actually yeah, do that the too. voting. That's, that's important. Like, do the voting. There's a lot of emphasis on the registration part. Follow through. Yeah, yeah. Follow through. Do the vote. <laughs> Register to vote and then go vote. Just like you subscribe to our podcast, then keep listening. Same idea. Exactly the same. Good night, everybody.